0: This is Janet Mefford today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are
1: we going to stand with God, come what may? That the Word of God says it, I believe it.
0: And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Can you believe it has been 19 years since 9/11? It's incredible. I think with everything we've been going through as a nation in the last several months. It has given us a real period of reflection to say, and I've said this on several occasions, boy, at that particular point in time when those airplanes hit the Twin Towers and we heard about what happened at the Pentagon with the crash there and all the people killed and then Shanksville, Pennsylvania and the crash of Flight 93 there, it was such an unnerving day and you'll remember it as well as I do. Anything was possible. And it seemed like the worst thing that had ever happened. And yet, 20 years later, it could arguably be a period of time that is even worse. Now, I am not saying this to be depressing. I'm not saying this without any hope because there is hope. I still think there is hope for the United States and I think there is hope for the world because of Jesus Christ. But I just want to go back in time briefly before we wander into the days in which we're living now so we will never. Never, never forget.
2: It's 8.52 here
1: in New York, I'm Bryant Gumbel. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. You're looking at the uh, World Trade Center. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. We don't know anything more than that. We don't know if it was a commercial aircraft. We don't know if it was a private aircraft. We have no idea how many were on board or what is what the extent of the injuries are right now. I literally, I was waiting at a table and I literally saw a, it seemed to be like a small plane. I just heard a couple noises, it looked like it like bounced off the building and then I heard a, I just saw a huge like, ball of fire on top. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. Uh, we contacted air traffic control. They are going to handle this as a confirmed hijacking. So they're moving all the traffic out of this aircrafts' way. Okay. Uh, he turned his transponder off, so we don't have a definitive altitude for him. Uh, we're just going by. They, they seem to think that they have him on the primary radar. They seem to think that he is descending. Okay. Is that American 11 trying to call? We have some planes, Just stay quiet and we'll be okay, we are turning to the airport. And uh, who's trying to call me here, Ben? American 11, are you trying to call? Nobody move. everything will be okay. If you're trying to make any move, the danger yourself and the airplane, let's stay quiet. Yeah, hi. I'm on the 106th floor of the World Trade Center, we just had an explosion on the 106th floor. The 106th floor? Yes. 106, okay, um, we have a conference up there, up here. what is your live name? H-A-N-L-E-Y H-A-N We have smoke and it's pretty
2: bad. This just in, you were looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center
1: plane was coming in, I, I noticed that a second before it hit the building, it looked like it, it was moving slowly and it lined itself up to hit the building directly.
2: The doorman goes
1: to me, oh, wow, i never seen a plane flying so low, and we, we looked out at it and all of a sudden, boom, it, it seemed like it wasn't even real. What is your name? Okay, my name
2: is Betty Ong, I'm number three on flight 11. Okay. And the cockpit is not answering their phone and there's somebody stabbed in business class and there's we can't breathe in business class somebody's got ace or something can you describe the person that you said someone is what in business class um, I'm, I'm sitting in the back somebody's coming back from business if you can hold on for one second they're coming back
1: the quran says very clearly in the arabic language this means terrorize them it's a command from allah
0: My goodness, it's really hard to hear that year after year after year. And I always make sure to go back and play a montage like that every single year that I've been doing a show for the last 12 years. It's important for us not to forget because we can become complacent as Americans and believe that something terrible like 9-11, something unprecedented like 9-11 could never ever happen again. And certainly we don't have it in the forefront of our minds that something worse than that could ever happen. Yet look where we are. Look where we are as a country. It strikes me afresh that we were attacked from without. Yes, it was from within because those hijacked planes were here in the United States, but they were from Islamic terrorists overseas who got into the United States. So in that way, we were attacked from without. Today, we're being attacked from within. Think about this. Think about what's going on. The Clarion Project, for example, has this headline, Decades After 9-11, America Faces Hydra of Terror, and they get into the shifting nature of terror since 2001. Going back to that terrible day, analysts warned that the war on terror would be like a hydra, that mythological beast that grew two new heads for everyone that was cut down. This analogy looked at two particular factors. More Islamist extremists could and would be radicalized with every successful attack, making the war on terrorism unsuccessful unless it was supported by a similar ideological war. And yet the ideological war never came. In fact, nearly two decades after 9-11, the U.S. is still struggling with making preventing violent extremism and countering violent extremism programming effective. Secondly, analysts predicted that there would be no putting the genie back in the bottle once the world had seen the devastation a band of, as they call them, cave-dwelling extremists could pull off. 9-11 and Osama bin Laden became a calling card, activating extremists and inspiring the next generation of anti-American radicals. Moreover, what started off as a war on terror against al-Qaeda in Afghanistan has clearly failed. Nineteen years later, the Taliban still wields enormous power and destruction, and the U.S. has acquiesced to meet them at the diplomatic table. It's true that ISIS has been significantly diminished, at least in Syria and Iraq. Yet we are far from where we thought we would be in defeating militant Islamism. We are still heavily involved in fighting outright Islamist terrorists. At the same time, softer Islamists have shapeshifted and secured traction through intersectional alliances with other Marxist ideologies and victim groups. In short, the Hydra is proving to be skilled at camouflage and deception and particularly clever at using Western values against itself. All you have to do is look at the squad. Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, look at what is going on. Keith Ellison in Minnesota, What is going on? The Muslim Brotherhood able to make incredible inroads into the federal government under the rule and reign, shall we call it, of President Obama. How do we get rid of that? When you have Western values that encourage openness and tolerance, how in the world do you fight an enemy when you have to look at the enemy and say, openness and tolerance? We were taught we have to be open. We have to be tolerant. And listen to this. Elhan Omar just had this to say. This was from CNSnews.com. She sent out a tweet just a few days ago saying that Muslims are voting and running for office in this election to combat this administration's hateful anti-Muslim policies, hateful anti-Muslim policies. When we talk about what the left loves to refer to as a Muslim ban, folks, that's all about terrorism and keeping the United States and its homeland safe, which, by the way, was the given reason that the Department of Homeland Security was established in the first place. But she put out in this tweet, Muslims aren't waiting for bigots' permission to exist. We are running for office and casting our ballots to combat this administration's hatefully anti-Muslim policies and push policies that elevate all who have been left behind. When you have an enemy within, what does that do to your ability to keep your country safe? I am not calling Ilhan Omar a terrorist. I am not calling Rashida Tlaib a terrorist. What I'm saying is there is a big difference between some of these tactics of people who are like-minded in the Islamic world. You had the bin Laden wing. You had Mohammed Atta and his band of terrorists getting into those airplanes and driving them into American buildings and killing almost 3,000 Americans in one single day. That was going on. But now you have Muslim Brotherhood Islamists who are also determined to destroy Western civilization, but they want to do it from within. And the question is, will they succeed? We're going to come back and talk about it here on Janet for today. Hi, this is Janet Mefford for Preborn. Candace talks about finding out she was pregnant. Thankfully, an ultrasound provided by Preborn allowed her to hear her baby's heartbeat. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen. And knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. Preborn has 10 centers that do not have ultrasound machines. Would you make a leadership gift and sponsor a machine today? These life saving machines cost more than most centers can afford. Your tax deductible gift of $15,000 will place a machine in a needy women's center and save countless lives for years to come. To donate, call 855 402 Baby. 855 402 Baby, or there's a banner to click at janetmefford.com. Are you in need of a health care program? You're in luck. As a member of Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community that comes together to share their medical expenses. You can sign up throughout the year with memberships starting as early as the following month, and there are no contracts or commitments. Programs start as low as $349 per month, and there's no network, so you can choose your own doctors and hospitals. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit ministry, not insurance, so your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Welcome back. We are remembering 9-11, 19 years ago. Seems like only yesterday. And I'm sure if you're anything like me, you remember exactly where you were. I was in a hospital with a two-year-old and a newborn. And I remember watching on TV those airplanes hit the Twin Towers and thinking, what is going on? And as we continued through our day, anything seemed possible. And so we are here now 19 years later as Americans with a different problem afoot. And as we have been discussing, we had a problem on 9-11 with violent Islamic terrorism. And yes, it is due to Islam and it is due to the ideology of Islam. And that is something that the left has tried to whitewash for any number of years as they, under Barack Obama, welcomed in all kinds of Muslim Brotherhood people who want the destruction of the United States. Now here's where we are today. We have a Muslim left agreement here. We have an alliance of sorts. And so we have an alliance between the left and Islam they're loving it because they have the same enemies. They want the same thing, the destruction of the United States. And I'm not saying every single Muslim. I, I do want to give that caveat because not every single Muslim wants to destroy the United States. But those who are on board with the Ilhan Omars of the world certainly don't like the United States. And they do want to destroy it from within. Listen to this story. Robert Spencer wrote about this from Jihad Watch over at Front Page mag, And it was all about how the Iranian Ayatollah, Lotfala Dezkam, the, the head of you know Iran's religious faction is thrilled about the recent riots in the United States. He gave this sermon recently saying the shout of the Iranian nation is being heard from the mouths of the Americans themselves. Death to America, because that is what they're chanting out at certain places in the United States. Death to America. These are Americans saying this. Americans saying this in places like Portland and some of these other cities. They're saying this. Death to America. Why would you want to kill your own country? Descam thus reveals the truth of David Horowitz's recent observation, and you can see it from as far away as Iran. The Democrat Party is at war with America. The alliance between the international jihad and the left is growing more violent And aggressive in the United States by the day, thanks to political officials who dare not confront them. And Descombe gloated over what he believed were signs of the imminent demise of the United States. He said the entire world has seen with its very eyes that today America cannot be the main decision maker when it comes to strategic matters in the world. We are unequivocally informing the American administration, Republicans and Democrats alike. If you shut your ears with cotton balls, remove them so you can hear the sound of America being shattered and of its collapse is being heard all over the world. The shout of the Iranian nation, which has been leading the fight against America for 40 years, is being heard from mouths of the Americans themselves. Death to America. The crowd was thrilled. They responded with that ever popular Iranian slogan, death to America, death to America. Do the leftist rioters in the United States also want to see the death of America? Nothing could be clearer. In their iconoclastic fury, they have targeted not only statues of Confederate generals and slave owners, but of General Ulysses S. Grant, who led the Great War to free the slaves, President Theodore Roosevelt, a progressive environmentalist, and of course, the slaveholders George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, as well as the abolitionist Abraham Lincoln. And the message in all of this is clear. The left doesn't just hate the figures in U.S. history who perpetuated racial injustice or those who strove to establish a just society while holding slaves during a time when the moral evil of doing so was hotly controverted and quite unclear to many. The left hates the entirety of the history of the United States. And its present day reality, the left is engaged in an earnest endeavor to erase that history and destroy that present. And look at all the other things that have been going on, the wildfires in California, the uncertainty and the chaos surrounding this pandemic. And when will we be free? And these tyrannical governments keeping churches closed and making kids go to school and these masks that don't work. And certain governors saying we will not open up fully unless there is a covid vaccine. We don't even know if a covid vaccine will ever be possible. So we've got that. We've got riots in the streets and we've got chaos and violence and it goes on and on and on. And I have never seen so many people in this country looking at each other before as if to say, what is happening? And isn't that reminiscent of how we all felt on 9-11? What is happening? What is happening? How many planes do they have? What are their plans? Are they going to bomb us? Are they going to blow something up on the ground? Anything seems possible right now. That feeling is back. And I want to give you a word, a word here from the word of God, because we have never needed to hear it more. I was reflecting and meditating, for example, on Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth is transformed and the mountains are toppled into the depths of the seas. Though their waters roar and foam and the mountains quake in the surge, there is a river whose streams delight the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Nations rage, kingdoms crumble, the earth melts when he lifts his voice. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come see the works of the Lord who brings devastation upon the earth. He makes wars to cease throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted over the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us the God of Jacob is our fortress. Now this is the psalm upon which Martin Luther wrote his famous hymn, a mighty fortress. It's a wonderful psalm. You read it again and again and again and you get more out of it every time you go through it. But here's what really strikes me about it. We have a safe place. We have a glorious place that awaits us. And we have a God who is in control of all of this. What does God really want from us? He wants the same thing from us that he wanted from his people in the Old Testament. If you turn to me, if you repent, if you forsake your sin and you will worship me and you will put your faith and your trust in me and you will renew your covenant with me, then I will be with you and I will reward you. This is what he said to the people of Israel. But today he says... Your security is in me. Nations rage, kingdoms crumble. We are not promised that this is all gonna end well on earth. In fact, it will not end well on earth because Christ will return as a judge He will return to judge the world in righteousness, and he will return for his bride. We don't need to fear that. But our job now, I really believe as Christians, is to be the best salt and light that we've ever been in our whole lives, to be totally sold out to Jesus Christ, because that's what America needs more than anything else truth telling, and they need the word of God, and they need the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that can turn this country around, and we need to be in prayer as well. And as I close out this, show, I want to play for you another montage of 9-11 because I want you to pray for this country and to remember what is at stake if the United States does not wake up and return to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, without whom we can do absolutely nothing. So I want you to listen to this and pray for America.
1: That looks like a second plane.
0: Has just I did just
1: not see a plane go in. That that just exploded. We just saw another plane coming in from the side. You did? I did. That was out of... Out the yes, and that's the ear. second explosion. You could see the plane come in just from the right-hand side of the screen. So this looks like it is some sort of a concerted effort to attack the World Trade Center that is underway in downtown New York. I also want to speak tonight directly to Muslims throughout the world. We respect your faith. It's practiced freely by many millions of Americans and by millions more in countries that America counts as friends. Its teachings are good and peaceful and those who commit evil in the name of Allah blaspheme the name of Allah. the future must not belong to those who slander the prophet of islam islam is not our
0: adversary muslims are peaceful and tolerant people and have nothing whatsoever to do with terrorism
1: our enemy is not terrorism because terrorism is but a tactic our enemy is not terror because terror is a state of mind And as Americans, we refuse to live in fear. Some Palestinians were taking to the streets in apparent celebration. One youth was quoted as saying, as he received a sweet, sweets handed around in celebration. This is a sweet from Osama bin Laden, he said. Nor do we describe our enemy as jihadists or Islamists, because jihad is a holy struggle, a legitimate tenet of Islam, meaning to purify oneself of one's community. And there is nothing holy or legitimate or Islamic about murdering innocent men, women, and children. You can't say that uh, Islam is a religion of peace, because Islam, it does not mean peace.
0: Islam is, uh, it means it's the Islam submission, so the Muslim is the one who submits. You know, there's a place for violence in Islam, there's a place for jihad in Islam.
1: Throughout history, Islam has demonstrated through words and deeds, possibilities of religious tolerance and racial equality.
2: There's no one here yet, and the floor is completely engulfed. We're on the floor, and we can't breathe. Okay. And it's very, very, very hot. It's very, is it all the lights still on? The lights are on, but it's very hot. Ma'am, ma'am. Very hot. We're all the way on the other side of Liberty, and it's very, very hot. When your lights, did you go turn the lights off? No. No, the lights are off. Okay, good. Now, everybody, stay calm. Stay calm with me. Stay calm. Now, listen, listen. The call is in. I'm documented. I'm gonna let those hold on one second, please. I'm gonna stay... die, Arnold. No, 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 no. I'm your... gonna die. Man, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Ma'am, ma'am. Say your prayers. And we're not. I'm gonna we're, gonna... Die. we're gonna think positive because you gotta help each other get off the floor. i you know, stay calm. Stay calm. Stay calm. Stay calm. Right. God. You're doing a good job, ma'am. You're doing no. a good job. You're it's
1: so ma'am. hot. I'm burning up. Americans, God Almighty has given you the grace. Whatever you do in America influences everybody in the world. One thing that Islam is doing to defeat you is causing you to be coward and fearful, to stand up and speak against the invasion of Islamization which is going on in your country.
0: Welcome back. Well, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. First Peter 1.3. Aren't those encouraging words? We do have a living hope and that hope is in our living and risen Savior and in his unchanging word. And not only that, but our hope is a gift from God, not just a feeling. That's something we all need to remember when times are difficult. We're going to explore this topic a little bit more today with a woman who really embodies the gift of hope that God gave to us in Jesus. June Hunt, who is an author and speaker and founder of Hope for the Heart. She is host of two award-winning radio programs, Hope for the Heart and Hope in the Night. And I am just delighted to welcome you back to the show. June, how are you doing? What a joy to be with you again. I'm Wonderful. Thank you. Oh, so glad to hear that. These are days when I think a lot of people need more hope, maybe more than usual. Are you finding that from your listeners, June? Are you hearing a lot of that right now? I actually am. I, you
2: know, in times past, there would be things going on in the world, but I didn't find it uh, impacting the program. This is the first time in, in literally 25 years where it is poignant. <laughs> in fact, you know, Janet, um, I was going to be leaving town to actually sing at a funeral, not because of COVID, but I was driving like three and a half hours, to, to the Houston area, and uh, I, I called my uh, co-host and I said, "Could could you c- could we just uh, play a tape because I'm gonna have to get up at to se- leave at seven in the morning?" He said, "Oh June, oh June, the caller Uh I, I just I, I she really needs help and." So, I said, that's okay, no problem. So, I just got up real, real, real earlier. And this woman immediately started weeping. Hmm. I mean, and almost the whole, well, I'll say two-thirds of the program, um, she continued to weep. She was from California. And her husband went into the hospital because of pneumonia And then he had a heart attack, and then he died. Oh, boy. And not once was she able, she said, I couldn't, I couldn't um, kiss his forehead. I couldn't uh, stroke his brow. And she was was weeping. And the the worst of all, I think this is what got me. They later came out with a bag, and they said, this is his biometer, handing her, his ashes, and she had not given approval. Oh, that's awful. It was devastating. I, I mean, I was so stunned. I said, you didn't know this? No. And she was, of course, just torn up. And he was the one who had 10 years before drawn her to the Lord. And now she was having a crisis of faith. Even she said, I just don't know. I can have any hope at all in God anymore. I just and um fact she said, I've lost my faith and I and yet he again was the one who had drawn her. And so to 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 the Lord Jesus Christ and so, um I I, I thought it was horrific. I've never heard anything like this. I'd heard a l I you know, i I've, I've learned never to say I've heard it all. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. But on this one, Janet, my heart broke for her, but then I, what I did is I said, well, tell me about him. And then her whole countenance, oh, and she started these wonderful attributes of being a strong Christian, and then um, that was in the um, like uh, the second of our uh, 14 minutes, and then the last 14 minutes I said, do you think that you have more compassion, literal empathy, that you can feel what other others have who have lost their mate? And she hesitated. She said, well, yes. Yes, I know that to be true. And see, she had not been able to trust the Lord because of early abuse. I'm talking about... Serious childhood sexual abuse, mm-hmm. and and so yet he was a healing agent for her for that for those ten years, and so I said, do you think you have more compassion for those who are actually abused, as opposed to saying, oh, bless your heart, kind of patting somebody on the head with sympathy, empathy instead says, I hurt with you yes. and compassion says i'll stick around until the hurt is gone i said do you think you have that kind of understanding that you can actually have compassion and and, and then all her whole then now her countenance was there mm-hmm. i mean and she said i said what do you do you think maybe god is preparing you to reach out and she said yes I know I can do it. And so the hope but you know to cast for her the hope that all is not lost, that this horrific experience um gives her only an added compassion that a lot of people don't have who've not been through anything at all like she had gone through. And of course that's what we are told and you know that very well. Janet where we read that um, multiple places it's like uh, all and it's a strength you don't start out with the scripture, all things work together for good that that has to typically come later and it had been uh, about only a month later when I talked with her. but the, the good part is God stretches our capacity for compassion that we would not have when we've gone through the dredges or we've gone through a crisis and now we can weep with those who weep. We get hurt with those who hurt. We can mourn with those who mourn. So I I, I will say that um, unlike any other time, this has been the most dramatic, and I say dramatic, it's been the most poignant uh, time where it seems so many have been so painfully impacted, uh, and it's been, it's kind of been going, it uh, was ongoing. Yes. And so uh, I know that you have to know that too.
0: Oh, for sure. These are very poignant times. And you hear a story like that and your heart just breaks. And especially Mm -hmm. what you've said just now, the fact that this woman said, I think I've lost my faith. Mm -hmm. It seems like she hadn't lost her faith so much as she just needed to be reminded of what her faith is based on. And that's the living hope of Jesus Christ. And it's funny as Christians, how easy it is to sometimes forget that a little bit when we're in the midst of a really tumultuous time in life. It's a good thing you were there, June, because that sounds like that's what she needed to be reminded about. You
2: know, um, I'm also dealing with a 14-year-old. I say dealing. um, uh, All I know is here's now this 14-year-old, through a different means, uh, she was suicidal and yet comes from a marvelous, loving father, mother, uh, but uh, because of two deaths and now other things that have happened in her young fourteen years um, and there was abuse early on but the point is um, I give I, 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 it is vital that we look at what has God said and in times of people losing the hope uh, and and where they had it here and then they say I, I, I it's gone you know well I always love to remind people of um, jeremiah 2911. Mm. It's God speaking. It isn't somebody else's opinion. God says, I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Yeah. So, hit. And, and, you know, I, I told this 14 year old, I said, honey. And I'd never met her before, but her mom brought her uh, to me, and and I, uh, the mom had gotten it as soon as this happened. She immediately went to one of our resources, the Counseling to the Bible Handbook, and she said, I immediately read that small chapter on suicide. And, and she said, I, you know, I, I knew I, I needed to do something
0: more with my, my daughter. I'll tell you what, June, hang on right there. I'm so sorry. We do need to pause for a very short break, but we'll come back discussing the important biblical topic of hope with June Hunt. We'll be back on Janet Meffer today after this. Did you know that over 18 million babies have been aborted worldwide since January 1st? Every single one of these babies died during the COVID-19 pandemic. Why isn't the world declaring these babies as lost? Here's Dan Steiner, the president of Preborn, a ministry dedicated to saving babies' lives from abortion through ultrasound. I sense God's broken heart over the issue of abortion. You see, he sees every
1: little baby that's being formed in the mother's womb, and it breaks his heart to see when the lifetime that he has planned for them is taken from them violently so often.
0: Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the United States and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. Would you help show that these babies' lives are not forgotten? Preborn is there for women in crisis who want to make the right choice but society tells them that a preborn baby is not a human life.
2: I was afraid. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. Everybody wanted me to have an abortion.
0: Preborn shines light into a mother's womb, introduced her to the beautiful life growing inside of her. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. The cost of one ultrasound is just $28, or five ultrasounds cost $140. To donate, just call 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229. Or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. I'm going to keep my baby, and I'm going to be a great mom. Every baby's life is important. Would you please join with Janet Mefford today and preborn in the cause for life? All gifts are tax deductible. And when you donate, you'll receive an ultrasound picture along with stories of other babies' lives that were spared. Call now 855 402 Baby, 855 402 2229, or there's a banner to click at janetmefford.com.
1: You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now,
0: here's Janet. Psalm 39, verse 7 says, And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. And I certainly hope and pray that your hope is in Jesus Christ, our living Savior. He is risen from the dead, He is Lord. We have a hope in front of us, stretching out into eternity because of what Jesus has done for us. And it's important, I think, especially in these times for us to remember exactly what Jesus has done and why we can have hope, regardless of what we're going through. And I'm joined by, well, I don't know if I would say the Queen of Hope, but I I'm going to call her no. that just for the <laughs> purposes here. Hope for the Heart's June Hunt, and she is also host of Hope in the Night and Hope for the Heart. June, you were sharing a really touching story before we had to run to that really uh, you know, inconvenient break. I like to call them mm-hmm. that sometimes. But you were talking about a young girl with whom you were working. Can you pick up that mm-hmm. story where we had to leave it off?
2: Yes. Here, here is this attractive, lovely, uh, you know, a sweet disposition, but she had already decided um that she was things were just too painful and she couldn't see beyond where she was and um her mom had read something in our material about is there a plan so she had already said is there a plan I'd asked the daughter and she said well i was thinking about knives or um, pills Mm -hmm. and so you know This is something that if you have no idea that a son or daughter is that desperate in the heart and they have a plan, that makes it more serious. And so what is important is to realize nobody wants to lose hope. In fact, I I told this uh, young 14-year-old, I said, you know, in truth, the Hope When you get to be hopeless, if a person gets to a state of being hopeless, feeling that things will never change, um, then it is understandable. People that say, "I just want the pain to stop," right. nobody says Janet. They, they don't say, "I want to commit suicide." I, I don't hear that language. I've never heard that language. It's always, "I just want the pain to stop," yeah. or "I." I, I I hate how I feel. I want things to be so different, but I can't see that it'll ever change. See, they can't see beyond. That is the value of Jeremiah 29, 11, because when I shared that with this young gal, I said, I said, do you realize it's God who's saying to you, he says, I know the plans I have for you. Now, honey, I said, you don't know the plans. But. He is almighty, and if he is almighty, which he is, he already has the ability to fulfill the plans he has for you, and it says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I said, so he's got the future planned. And fact, I went on and told her, I said, when I was 16, I was a brand new Christian, and I, but I came from a horribly dysfunctional, painful family and I could not see anything changing. And I mean, I knew my dad wasn't going to be changing and that that was the source of the pain. And so I was at the court intersection and you'll know this at Marking Lane and Central Expressway. <laughs> and I thought, press the pedal, press the pedal, press mm-hmm. the pedal, I mean, all the way down, go over the overpass and to on. And, and I, I, I thought, it'll all be over. It'll all be over. And then a, but I'm rational, too. I'm logical. What if I am maimed right. instead? Right. Because many, many people who do attempt suicide, it is not a completed suicide. And then they have an aftermath of some very difficult challenges, many times uh, what, what they've chosen to do with their bodies. The bottom line is I, I, um, I, I could not see. See, I didn't know Scripture. I was brand new in the faith. And I thought, uh, so I didn't know about God having a plan. But that's why we must share. So uh, anyone who's uh, writing uh, down something, just write down Jeremiah, J-E-R, twenty nine eleven mm-hmm. And explain, you don't have to know the plan. Yep. He already has the plan. And He says that He will give you hope and a future. So that's why we've always, the Bible says, always be ready to give an answer for the reason, for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With gentleness and
0: respect.
2: Yes. That makes a difference. Don't, don't, ever, oh, don't you know, what's so bad is if somebody says, oh, don't, don't think that way, or you shouldn't feel that way. Well, now, oh, that that's like you're just discounting their hearts and their but you know they they need lovingly the way out of this web that is has been ensnared at the time,
0: yeah. Wonderful. I, I, There's so many great verses, June, as you know, in Scripture about the subject of hope. And I shared that one from 1 Peter at the outset. But another mm-hmm. verse that comes to mind, Romans 8 in and of itself is a great chapter for people to read and meditate on. But I'm pulling out verses 24 and 25. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The Christian life, among other things, June, as you well know, is about hope. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We are waiting for either Jesus to return and we will see him and rise to meet him in the air, or we will see him when we are in heaven after our natural death. What about this importance of remembering that faith is about the assurance of things hoped for? What is that connection, would you say to people, about the, the connection between faith and hope?
2: You know um, that's a very interesting question. And there was a point in time I was writing a book called Hope for Your Heart, and I remember thinking, "Hmm, what is the difference between faith and hope?" Because I knew the scripture: "There's a you have been given faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love." Yes. I'm sitting here thinking, "Okay, how, how would I explain that?" Well. Um, in fact, I even asked at the, several times a group of pastors, and I, they 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 could only give me a scripture, but they couldn't tell the difference. So, this can be very helpful to some of us. They it's, now they you know that they have to be different because First Corinthians thirteen thirteen says these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So we know that there has to be some difference. They they're not the same thing, and so the critical difference is this hope is based on assured promise whereas faith is acting on that promise
0: good that's
2: good think about the apostle peter he sees jesus on the water he's in a boat he sees him on, walking on the water and literally he, jesus uh allows him to come to him so the thing is Peter had literally seen Jesus do miracle after miracle after miracle. So he, because of his words that had been put into him, he totally believed that whatever Jesus said was true. So the point is, his hope was based on what, who, who Jesus was, because it says we have this hope and anchor for the soul. And it's talking about Jesus right. so our hope is actually based on the person of Jesus and anything that's promised in the Bible from God so hope was based for Peter on knowing that Jesus absolutely was faultless everything he said was true so he stepped out of the water and that's when his his stepping out of the water was an act of faith based on the hope that he had right. so again Faith is hope put into action. We have our hope in Christ, but faith is acting on that promise of whatever God has said, whatever the Word of God says, whatever Jesus says. Yes. And a wonderful way to remember this is by imagining a ship floating in the ocean, and there's an anchor that's uh, uh, off on the side of the, of the ship, and by the way, have you ever seen, Janet, an anchor, a, a huge, you, you know how big they are if you've, you've seen an anchor on a ship? Mm-hmm. They're huge. Yes, they are. But they're doing doing you absolutely no good. Th- that's not the point of an anchor. Right. The anchor has to be thrown overboard. And then when it's lodged, on, you know, takes hold of the, on the rock, that's what holds you steady. Beautiful. And so what we see is the act of anchoring, putting the anchor overboard,
0: is the act of faith. I love that. June, that's so good. That's so good. I wish we had more time to talk this over, but I'll tell you what, people can go to hopefortheheart.org and you've got all these wonderful downloadable guides that people can get a hold of, including the one on hope and the anchor for our souls is Jesus. Thank you so much, June Hunt, for being with us. Always a joy to talk to you and thank you so much for the encouragement. My joy to be with you. Thank you. Thank you again for being here. June Hunt, Hopefortheheart.org. Check her out and her wonderful radio shows as well. That's going to do it for me. We'll see you next time here on Janet Meffer Today.